What's up, everybody? This is Raised on Retro, episode six. Thank y'all for joining us. Um, today we got a special guest, and we're going to introduce him in just a minute. But before that, Trey, what you got to tell him? We got some social media links. We we talk about this every every time we start our podcast episodes. We got TikTok. We got a Spotify. We got many 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 social links for you to go check out and to reach us there all you have to do is reach us on the same username you're looking at on our podcast raised on retro um i can throw one other thing out there because we love brad's emails and then everybody else that might send us email the email slightly different raised on retro podcast at gmail.com Send us your emails with your ideas, your questions, uh, whatever you got for us. Send it to us. All right. I uh, think we're ready to hop into the episode. Quick intro today. Um, Who we got with us today, Trey? Special guest star. Got a special. friend. I want to oh. introduce him. He'll introduce himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Gray. I'm a special guest star. Um, yeah, I'm just a friend of Trey's. We know each other from school, known each other for a couple of years now, and I just play games. About it. <laughs> what kind of games do you like, Gray? Uh, I like all the games. I like every game. As every long as game. it's good. That's a bold if the game, statement. If the game is made good, if it's not, if it's made with heart, I think I'll like the game most likely. Okay, that's better. You like good games. I like good games. Any genre. I'm not specifically into any genre. Cool. Anything else you want to add to your background? No. Tell people more about you? Not much. We'll give not out your else. number for any girls out there listening. I don't need no girl in my life. Hit you in the DMs. <laughs> don't need no girl. What if she's a gamer? <laughs> I don't need all that. <laughs> Trey, you want to talk to him about what we, what today's episode about, or you want me to? I can go ahead. Uh, today's episode with our guest is going to be about gripes in gaming. As you see, the episode name is Gripes and Gaming. So we're just going to be debating some of uh, our issues with that we have to do with gaming. You some know? of our little nitpicks about gaming trends, things that are going on in games, kind of what just things that aggravate us i think we got that wrapped up (laughs) uh it's real simple you know we might debate some because you know everybody's got different gripes and somebody might have a gripe that somebody else doesn't agree with that's what i'm really excited about with this episode is you know we've had short small arguments on here but we've never really had a, a episode to debate and I think that leaves us open for a lot of content here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the what I love about podcasting and having guests join us. And, and podcasting was just me and you, Trey, is, you know, different opinions. It's it's good to hear other people's opinions and, and learn from it and listen to it and uh, just see what other people think. So... Who wants to start? What, what somebody give us a gripe that they have about gaming right now, and we'll just go from there. I think it's best to start with you. With me? Yeah. Oh wow. 
Ooh. I know you can go on a little tantrum. <laughs> if, if we talk about gripes, I say we just get it out the way. Cause, Dang. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll go right to it because Trey's right. You know, when I talk about my gaming habits, the games that I like, it's usually... Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not usually all the time. I'm a, a multiplayer gamer. I like to play with my friends. I like games where I can play co-op or in a team-oriented game, the strategy. And oftentimes that's a sports game, right? Because sports games usually you can play with multiple friends online competitively against other time, against other people. I have a huge for me personally gripe about sports games so i've been playing sports games since i was younger than y'all and here we are in 2023 uh where games like fortnite and um call of duty and mmos and all these free-to-play kind of um cert live service games are out and it just boggles my mind why every year I have to pay $70 for NBA 2K. I have to pay $70 for Madden. I have to pay $70 for FIFA. And not only do I got to pay the $70, but then I also have to put money into grinding my character up. Or if you're an ultimate team, a... Uh, uh, my team player then you got to buy packs to unlock you know better cards to be able to compete and so i feel like sports games are really like taking advantage of gamers trying to do both trying to be an annual release that you pay 70 dollars for and then also be a live service game where you're buying cosmetic upgrades you're buying packs of cards you're buying um, upgrades for your player. You're buying virtual currency and things to upgrade your players. I feel like they're just there's a much better way to go about um, these sports annual releases. Like obviously, you look at a game like Fortnite or or any other game. Like they they have a very solid base gameplay, which all these sports games have right but when you try to release something new every year you don't you you no longer try to build off of that solid base you try to mix it up for something new every year just keep the base and just release a $20 $30 roster update and and keep tweaking that gameplay keep adding you know balancing the game keep tweaking that that base that you have instead of releasing something new every year because every year on 2k one of my favorite games something's broke multiple things are broke something that worked last year don't work this year something was worse than last year if they would have just kept what they had years ago and just built off of that every year and just released a roster update if you played the franchise mode or whatever for the new players i think that is the ultimate sports game and I wish that's my biggest gripe is getting to that point with sports games. I'm tired of the annual releases. The idea behind that 
is they want as much money out of their players as they can get. They're greedy. They're companies. They're going to do what they think is going to get them the most money. But an easy solution to something like that, because this is basically what these sports games already are, is make a subscription for a game instead of releasing a new one every year. So you have a, a game that you build on, just like you were talking about, instead of releasing a new one every year. And instead of making players buy it straight up, uh, they can go ahead and buy a subscription for the game to keep playing it over the years. So they still get that income every year that they're they're wanting from the yearly release. But they also are giving players what they want by having a singular game and then just building off of that. that. That's actually a good solution, a subscription. Yeah, I like that. That's basically what they are now. If I paid $5 a month for 2K instead of $70 plus $50 for VC plus, 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 and then, you know, next September, October, they release another $70 game with this, with this. Honestly, it's it's I, very To easy. me, a lot of uh, – and I love your, your solution – uh, of a subscription, but to me, it's like the annual release almost forces them to kind of start from scratch and release something new. Whereas you see games like Fortnite, Fortnite has grown. It was a completely different game when it started, and it has grown into this worldwide phenomenon. 2K is already a, like one of the best sports games. So imagine if they just kept their base and balance. Balance is a huge thing with me with sports games. Mm-hmm. Because but because 2K releases every year, they don't take time to balance the game and fix things that are broken because they're worried about the next year coming out with something new and adding something different and a new neighborhood and things like that that really don't matter about the base gameplay. But it's just about getting you to buy that new $70 game every year. I know a big issue that 2K probably has and why they're probably not doing this or going to do this is because not only do they make money from selling the game initially, but they make a lot of money from players buying VC for clothes, for better stats, for uh, upgrading your level. For anything that you can buy VC for in that game, they make a lot, a lot of money off of that. Again, an easy way to fix that is when you have that base game that you're building off of, you know, you're constantly going to have new clothing releases for players to buy and, and new cosmetics. So that's not an issue. But the thing is, every year you reset your player mm. all the way back to 60. Mm. And a lot of people, they buy VC to get that boost mm-hmm. so they don't have to grind for that because that's a really hard grind. But um, mm-hmm. an easy way to fix that, if you still want to reset players, you can have a seasonal, seasonal, a yeah. seasonal thing where at the end of the season, their players get reset. It's a simple solution. It I don't really know why simple. their think tanks <laughs> haven't come up with this. Because they're greedy. It's 100% greed. I mean, when you look... They can you, still be you, greedy, but make it convenient for the players. Well, exactly. And what I was going to say is what you said about, you know, people want to spend money on VC to build their players. Like, if 2K was a free-to-play game, I would be putting more money into those kind of things. I'd be buying 
Like, I literally, and my friends know that I play this, and 2K is my most played game. I wear the same outfit all year long, every year. I'm not going to spend money on 2K's store for their digital clothing. But because I paid $70 for the game, and I paid $100 in VC to get my guy up to 85 and then grind him up from there, you know? But if the game was free to me on day one and it just continued to get better with, like, you know, the neighborhood transforms, the balancing is always tweaked and updates came out to fix things and take out animation, like, I would be spending more money to buy those kind of those kind of cosmetic things that I wouldn't normally spend money on because I've already bought the game, spent money to upgrade my character, etc., and I think a lot of 2K players can relate to yeah. that. For sure. Gray, I'm sorry. I feel like we're leaving <laughs> you out here. Um, Do you play yeah, any sports I, games? I don't play that much sports games. But just recently, 2K23 came out on PlayStation Plus, And I, I booted it up. I haven't played a 2K game in forever. <laughs> right? I haven't played it since, I'm pretty sure, 2K 2015. I booted up the game. So I had an idea of what I was going into. I booted it up. And everything about the game was not welcoming at all. There were things, like, whenever you first made your character, you had this potential. It was talking about a bunch of different stuff at the same time. You had a bunch of different menus. The menu, mostly the menu felt very clunky. Mm. The menu felt like it was slow, it was weird, and it just wasn't very, like, welcoming to brand new players who have never That's played a 2K true. game because they know that most players who play that are returning playing from it every year every yeah. single year they play it again and again and again so new players aren't really it's hard to get into it if you've never played sports games like that before that's a good point that's a good point i look at it from a different lens than you because i play that game every year but definitely but i feel like you know there's a very simple solution like me and trey were discussing a, a very different formula from what they do, which I wish a game like NBA Live would come back and embrace that that um, live service game formula in their basketball game, which was decent, but still several steps below 2K, but a solid base. That's what I'm saying. 2K has had a solid base several times. Like this year, 2K is good, but Next year is going to be a completely different game that plays differently with different features, different. So they'll, it's almost like starting from scratch. Keep the solid base. There's always things you can fix, improve, and balance, while also, you know, that's kind of the, that's your core, the gameplay, while also just adding the cosmetic stuff that people will spend money on in updates gradually in seasons or whenever you want all right i don't i don't want to harp on this all night long because i could go on and on about how terrible 2k is as a company i mean they aren't too terrible because they make billions of dollars but from a gamer perspective they are horrible so to wrap it up what was your gripe my gripe is that sports games need to get rid of the annual releases and go to the the live service model like Fortnite, take the take the most solid gameplay base that you have which i keep using 2k as the example 
But, you know, all sports gamers, but, oh, 2K this was my favorite, 2K that was my. They always have a, a solid base, but there's always, like, people, oh, shooting's too easy. Oh, there's no defense in the paint. There's this, there's that. All those things can be tweaked very easily if if that if they just took that base and worked on that for the next eight, ten years. But the problem with annual release is they release that this year and then next year they're expected to come out with something different because they want you to spend seventy dollars on it. So they basically try to rework all these systems and fix stuff and add new systems and it breaks other things and nothing's ever balanced and nothing is ever consistent because it changes every year and that's that's what the whole problem is with sports games no consistency no balancing instead of just updating what's good and fixing the things that aren't they keep coming out with a new game every year that's my gripe Greg, do you want to give your gripe or you want to you want to give it to me first? Yeah. All right, me. Well, my gripe would be false promises by developers, by trailers, just anything about a game that delivers a false promise. I'm 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 going to be upset about it. The um the example that all of you are going to relate to here. Can I guess. Cyberpunk no, it's not cyberpunk. <laughs> Everybody's gonna relate to it here, but um, the the game that didn't deliver it for you, I'm gonna talk about cyberpunk here, cause it's it's different for me. But sure, the game that really didn't deliver for me was um, Fallout 76. Oh, they took a very man. different marketing campaign than a lot of games, and as when they released it at Bethesda and they were showing people the online fallout you know everybody was hyped because online fallout but um not only that they really went into detail about how much bigger and better it'd be when in reality when that game dropped everybody knows now that it was a big flop and they have improved it but you can't look at fallout 76 and not be disappointed of what it could have been today i mean it's miles disappointing man for me fallout 76 definitely hits home because i remember i used to love fallout games like for some reason everything about the environment the just everything about fallout games like the atmosphere it gave off the loneliness everything about it was so perfect and i will say the one thing fallout 76 got right was it got that base atmosphere, that feeling you get when you're playing a Fallout game. They nailed it perfectly. But just about everything else in that game is off, and to this day it's off. Every time I boot it up, uh, it's fun for the first few hours, and then it just falls off. And like you said, I, pre- I was one of the ones who pre-ordered it at the very beginning. It was it was <laughs> bad. Go ahead and say it. It was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> There were glitches, like glitches were all over the place. It was similar to how <laughs> Cyberpunk launched. It was a little bit yeah. better than Cyberpunk, yeah, but it was bad. I was that's definitely one of the ones that were like my worst games that were overpromised and they did not deliver at all. The thing that makes Cyberpunk so much more different to me is Cyberpunk was kind of a forced release. As when Fallout was a uh, 
just a straight up lie of a release. <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful to the game here, but it's they that's what they did, and I'm not gonna twist my words. <laughs> Fallout was a lie of a video game. Um, as in Cyberpunk, you know, the developers they got actual death threats. Did Cyberpunk. you know that? Cyberpunk developers sure. got death threats to release their game. Yeah. It was ridiculous. The the hype for Cyberpunk was unreal. Get, B- because they... What's the name of the company that made so I, It's just... CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red. It's, I couldn't think of it. CD Projekt Red had a... a, a a record of releasing great triple A games. And like so they had had that hiatus after Witcher Three where like this was their next big thing and it was a whole nother direction, right? Steampunk, futuristic, next gen graphics, all these fantastic promises. They had us so hype and after their their record of all these fantastic, highly rated games I think everybody as a gamer was pumped for what they were coming out with. And that hype kind of <laughs> kind of was the downfall of that. I don't think it was all the hype that caused the pushed out release that Cyberpunk was. I like I said the death threats and the just pure insanity that some gamers have for games. If you're sending death threats oh, yeah. to yeah. a developer. You're a loser. You're a loser. 100%. If you can't wait a few extra years to play a video game, you need to rethink your life. But um, in all seriousness, I think just just to interrupt you real quick, I think if you're a real true gamer, and 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 there's extremes and everything, real gamers only want a game to come out when it's ready right and we'll touch on this later as another gripe but we real gamers want want games whether they're delayed two three multiple times we want them when they're ready to play gamers that uh that pushed out that release and were overwhelmed by the hype that cyberpunk had built up for them i think those are the ones who were really really upset in the end as in you know people who knew about the whole situation and knew it was getting a forced release they were like okay this game's probably gonna release unfinished i mean you you can't force a release and then not expect the whole game to be you know finished you can't force a dev to push out a game and respect perfection. I, I don't think that's fair to the developers making the game. That's um, true. Another big game that was a major fallout was No Man's Sky. Oh. That game straight up lied about tons and tons of things. I mean, one of them that I remember perfectly was that how was they said that multiplayer was... Stabbing me in the heart. You could meet anybody <laughs> on any planet, and there's that streamer. Yeah. They both found the same planet, and they weren't there. And a thing about it was the game, the only problem was that it released way too early. 
because now the game is polished. It's good. It is a good. It's how it should have been released. But because they pushed it out and chose not to delay it, the game was bad. The game released bad. But all they had to do was delay the game a little bit further. And a lot of people, they think that they just want the game immediately. But a majority of the time, developers need delays in their games to make the game release, release good. Like, most of the games that were letdowns only lied and didn't deliver was because they didn't have enough time to finish the games. They still have to sell their game. If you're going to push out a game, yes. Yes. they still have to sell it. You can't force a developer to push out an unfinished game and then make them the make them you know say okay okay our game's unfinished you still gotta buy it though they they still want to sell their game they still want to make money so when they do these false promises it's not always on the developers man i mean i can't stress that enough gamers that's a that is the most valid point that is fantastic insight a lot of the time it definitely is like on the publishers and stuff but the thing i will say is publishers who do release bad poorly uh like games that don't deliver and aren't Mm. and lie about a lot of this stuff lose a lot of respect you have studios like bethesda and stuff who just from one game that was a big failure has lost tons and tons of respect without the release of fallout 76 I would be really excited for Bethesda's upcoming game, Starfield. Starfield yeah. But I just I couldn't find <laughs> any reluctant. hype. I couldn't find any hype to get excited about that game because I Bethesda's reputation has been ruined for that, me. That that's an excellent point and there's you know, there's fingers to point at kind of all parties. We're talking about it at, from the perspective as the gamer, right? So we're always going to blame it on the developer. Sure, we're always going to blame it on them because they're the ones that released the, the trailer and made all the promises you and showed it You have to try and see it from all perspectives. The, on YouTube and told us it was coming out this day. But at the end of the day, like we don't see all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and this is obviously one of the biggest businesses in the world, gaming, right? So these developers are getting pressure from all these different angles right like you said you were going to have it out this day well the game ain't ready well we said we wanted it out and we you know we're selling it with the console and we got this special console release for you know there's just all these different things that play into that um i want to make a point on that go ahead so we, we mentioned that gamers can pressure devs, mm-hmm. devs can lie, which, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it goes both ways. But a big thing that I forgot to even think about was companies or developers who are under companies like uh, Microsoft or Sony those companies can push out those releases too. So when um, Bethesda was or and is making Starfield, we we don't know what's going on. Microsoft could be pushing that release. Oh, yeah. Or if uh, Naughty Dog re- is releasing a new single player game, which you know Naughty Dog has a really good reputation. But just for example, Sony could be pushing those great, releases. Great example for what you're talking about. So Anthem, 
Y'all remember Anthem? Yeah. Probably the number one biggest disappointment in gaming was history. Was because of a pushed out release. They shoved it. So, Anthem, man, I played the demo. I played the beta with my friends. We were... So, there's layers to Anthem, right? They released this amazing trailer that gets you so excited. Uh, it, And then this beta comes out. And you play with your friends. And the beta doesn't live up to anywhere close to that. But you're thinking, okay, by the time it comes out, right? They can add these things. They can... They can tweak it to fit more of the trailer. This is just the beta, right? I had fun on the beta. I saw a lot of potential in Anthem. But I think what happened was EA, the publisher of Anthem, um, was like, we got to get this out. Everybody's hyped for this game. The beta was a super success. Everybody's ready right now to buy this. We got to capitalize. They want to make the most money possible. And I even read articles after the fact because Anthem ended up being this huge, huge flop. Like the potential was amazing, but basically what released was a beta, (laughs) beta version two with nothing, with, with, half of what they had promised and showed and it was because uh the guy peter molyneux who i think was head of xbox at the time maybe still is sorry i'm not up to date on all this but he put like major pressure on the developers of that to release now 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 mm-hmm. and was cutting um like cutting their development time short and everything we're like oh cut that out take this out whatever release it and you see that's one of the biggest disappointing games of all time you talked about the demo being different from the release to go even further than that the original concept for anthem if you know what that was do do you they had an idea to for you to be fighting these huge monsters huge. and it, in these epic boss battles and you, you don't see that in anthem because they they didn't have the time to make it nope they didn't they, have the time to polish it was it was rushed out and forced out and it should have been delayed and everything else now i, I want to go back because y'all really personally attacked me when you <laughs> crapped on fallout <laughs> And no man's sky. That two, two of two games that I ended up loving, and but I'm joking with y'all a little bit because I agree with you that they released horribly. I do agree with you all of that, so I'm joking with you really. But I want to give props to both of those those developers. For not giving up on their game. The gripe is that they released too early. And I 100% agree with y'all. They released too early. Fallout 76. I was I was always slightly interested in Fallout. But as soon as it was a, I knew it was a single player game. I'm like yeah I'm not going to play it. Really didn't ever play it. When I heard Fallout 76. I could play with my friends. I can build a base with my friends. This is going to be fantastic. I can trade with people. I was all about it. I pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition. We got the um, the Power Armor helmet sitting over here to the side. 
<laughs> and day one, like that was a huge letdown. And then No Man's Sky, man. Oh man, they the premise, the concept of that game was so amazing. Travel anywhere, infinite planets, all procedurally generated fly everywhere in your spaceship like amazing concept for a game though I feel like it kind of hit that same wall as Anthem where like Sony was like we gotta get this thing out you know and so they released it early and it was a flop but big props to Bethesda and um, no Man's Sky developer. It's a very small team. Um, me, I just want to get. Oh, hold on, I want to shout them out. Dang it, I can't remember their name. I'm sorry, I don't know who. I know it, but I can't think of it right now. Um, but something I was saying. Whenever shout I shout out to them for fixing those games and making them what they said they would be over time yeah when i did say that those games released terribly that's i I do agree that the games have come a very long way because i've played both those games recently and compared to when they released they've they've really stuck to those games and made them near what they should have been when they released but every time you play it you just get that bad memory when you first played it (laughs) at least for me always comes back into mind I'm willing to move past the bad memories of games if they've improved and if they've stuck with it. I try to, but sometimes it's, it was just... I don't try and remember it, but it just kind of sticks with me without me, like, subconsciously every time I play the game. I'm just I'm just happy that those two games in particular... Because I honestly had hope that Anthem would do the same. And there was this huge, like... EA had like released this deadline like we'll decide the future of Anthem on this date and like all these like people are like still holding on hope that Anthem would become what they said it would was going to happen and then EA comes out and is like yeah no we're cutting off all ties with Anthem we're firing all those people they suck it was like dang because Anthem had a lot of potential but I, I want to give a lot of props to Fallout 76 Bethesda for freaking fixing all the glitches and the bugs and the crap and adding to it. Fallout 76 one of my favorite games. And then also No Man's Sky. I love that game now. I don't play it often, but it's fantastic what they've turned that game into after it started out as one of the biggest flops. Hello Games. Thank you, Gray. Pulled it up on his phone. Big shout out to Hello Games. Big props to them for doing the right thing, sticking with that game and making it amazing. And I remember I've I've watched a couple videos about the push like the push release date of No Man's Sky. Hello Games didn't have enough funding to make the game because they're a very small team. Tiny, they started out as tiny like a, team. Like three or four people. And what ended up happening was was they had to they had to take a um a deal with some big publisher and the publisher set a dead release date they had mm. to release by and that's really what killed the game wow. they just they didn't have enough people and they didn't have enough time to actually finish the game but they did care about it good insight 
They still care about it today. They're still yeah. coming out with they updates. Still, and, still, I mean, releasing big updates to this day. You love to see that from a developer. That true passion. I really appreciate now. that kind of developer. And the same can be said about, you know, we mentioned Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red. That was literally one of the hugest disappointments in gaming history when that game released. Cyberpunk was such a mess. It ran horribly on everything. <laughs> it was just junk. But, and you know, whether it was their problem or or pressure from, from the publisher or whoever, whatever, why it released in such a bad state, they stuck with it and Cyberpunk has come a long way and is a great game. What else? Any any other examples of people overpromising, not delivering, or you want to move on? I think on? we got a. I think we got a uh, roundup. Gray's uh, gripe because yeah. we haven't gone over that yet, and then we can move on to the next topic. Okay. One thing I have to say is, um, when when games get ported from one thing to another, it loses a lot of its. Um, it usually ends up unpolished and unfinished, like how we were talking mm-hmm. before. Games that move from console to PC or PC to console usually have a ton of problems with them. And there's really no reason for it. It's mm-hmm. mainly just because developers and publishers want to get as much money out of the game as possible, so they move it between things with barely changing the game at all. And it kind of goes to like other stuff they're lazy about of a lot of things they do sometimes it's because developers don't care about the game anymore like with annual releases on sports games and call of duty things like that the developers have lost their passion for those games so it ends up being lazy and under under promising stuff like that but um for the most part i just wanted to say games that the release unfinished a lot of the time they release unfinished because they're ported like they'll be great on console mm. but on PC they'll just be complete train wreck yeah uh, you mentioned uh you mentioned Call of Duty losing its care and it's uh just overall like uh enjoyment <laughs> and you, you know that's that sticks true with a lot of Call of Duty mm. fans. Almost every single one, I'm positive. Um, they'll say, if you ask any Call of Duty fan what their favorite game is, they're going to tell you one of the older games. For sure. But um, I think a part of that goes back to the the greed we were talking about when Call of Duty, um, they realize, you know, every single game they're pumping out, they've had such a big fan base at this point that it doesn't matter what they put out anymore, people are going to still buy it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. As long as they slap the name Call of Duty on it, it's going to be a quote-unquote legendary game because it's a part of a legendary franchise. And and that that may be one of the reasons that you see poor um, ports between console and PC, PC and console... But what Gray kind of hinted at was, you know, 
back in the day, PCs were way more powerful than consoles. To this day, PCs are more powerful than consoles, but there's, you know, the a gap smaller gap. Closed. Yeah. Smaller gap, right? But the gaming experience on some of the games on consoles is better than what you can get on PC. Games like God of War, um, Last of Us, things like that aren't made for PC that PC gamers are like clamoring to play for. And so it used to be where like PC would port their games to console and there was this there was this um, poorly ported game because control wise you're going from keyboard and mouse to controller or graphically you know you have a higher end PC going to console to a PS2 or PS3 and it's poorly ported so like the frame rate sucks the graphics look terrible etc but nowadays it seems to be the opposite to where these games like God of War and uh, Last of Us going from console to PC they get to PC and they're so poorly ported that they just they run terribly there's glitches the graphics are bad and I don't know necessarily what what the issue is but i think some of it is like some of that is kind of like offloaded onto like a third party developer right they're like hey naughty dog made the last of us we want to really sony wants to release it on pc naughty dog don't want to port that over they want to be working on their next game they put it on this other third party developer to put it and then it comes out on pc and it's Got all kind of problems. You mentioned that one point in that you said that uh, there's greater experiences on console that you can't experience on PC. And that's a really bold statement to say when we consider uh, the variety of PC games that are out there that just aren't accessible to console. There's such more and I can't stress this enough such a huge more choice of games when you're looking on PC now more isn't better but I wouldn't know that my favorite franchise or genre of games was RTS Mm -hmm. if I didn't play on the PC Mm -hmm. because those games don't come to console yeah Maybe. games like that do come to console RTS games they're very clunky to play Hard on play. controller I True. always find the controls horrible on those games <laughs> when I try and play them on controller terrible yeah on yeah. controller it's just very clunky those are made for PC hard to get oh, yeah. used to and PC allows for those types of games to flourish and really be in their environment and like stuff like uh, CSGO Valorant they, those games are meant for PC. Those types of shooters are definitely the more mm. PC you want to play those on PC. But nowadays, you have games like Call of Duty. They're making it way easier for controller players with aim assist. And I'm, not, I'm not using aim assist as a scapegoat, but most professional Call of Duty players now, they use controller because aim assist has made it where it's you can um, exploit it in yeah. ways that make it 
easier to aim if you're good than at on aiming PC. and they assist you, well, then you're really good yeah. at aiming. <laughs> <It's, laughs> but you have some some games are better for PC and then some games are way better for mm-hmm. console. But you should be able to play both on both. Like you should be able to play console games that are meant for console on PC without having too many issues. But a lot of a lot of companies don't do that. They make it where there's tons of issues that are not related to just controls or that sort of thing. Imagine how much of a disaster a game <laughs> like Breath of the Wild would be ported onto PC or console. That would be a train wreck. So I, I don't even want to think about that. Why, why is that? Why do you say that? Not only is Nintendo such a... They're like Just lacking behind overall, everybody else. I don't think Nintendo's a good company. That's that's a huge statement. That is a giant statement. I mean, and I've heard a lot of people feeling saying that. Nintendo's going to cancel us because you said that. I made a lot I heard a lot of people feeling saying that. Miyamoto's about but, to knock on our door. <laughs> but I don't He's on his feel way like here they're right now. <laughs> I don't feel like they're up to date with the modern gaming standards. They release some great games. I'm I'm not saying that they can't release a good game. Tears of the Kingdom, I know that's good. Mm-hmm. I know that's a great game. Breath of the Wild, I love that game. I love Breath of the Wild. Super Mario Odyssey, another great game. They had a lot of great releases for the Switch. I'm not saying Nintendo can't release good games, but the fact that they have been so reluctant to work with other people, and that just that's for anything, like... To play any Nintendo game on your PC, you have to do it illegally through either pirating it or going on an emulator. That's a that's a good point. Because Nintendo, I know you said a bad gaming company. I would disagree. I grew up on Nintendo. Nintendo. Okay, makes but Nintendo's a lot different. Excellent. They have a long list of some of the most historic games in gaming history. But I get what you're saying. 100% I get what you're saying. They're a different they're company great now. at making games. But they're, they're... For whatever reason, Nintendo is like way off on gaming culture, right? And maybe it's the, the Western culture versus our culture. But you see like Sony... Because online is, is, is lagging so much behind other oh, consoles. Don't, they don't yeah. release their games on other consoles. They don't release their games on PC. Like, it just feels like there's so many missed opportunities and that they're lagging behind in graphics and performance in so many ways and other where gaming's at. So it's like they're always like two steps, a step or two behind in you everything, s- you say except all, for the quality of games they make. You said all these issues, and the only good <laughs> thing I heard you say about Nintendo was their array of games that they released. Sure. Legendary games. Yeah. Oh, my God. Legendary games. And Legendary I love them. Games. I love them all. Yeah. Nintendo, as a gaming company, cannot See, keep up with the modern competition. Sony. Sony's a Japanese company. They have... Fed their Western audience amazing Did you see how many games. games that new Zelda sold. Okay, I'm. I already discussed. <laughs> I already discussed. So they're keeping Nintendo, up. They're Nintendo keeping makes up. great games. Yeah. Nintendo makes great games. Do they compete with other companies? I don't think so. As a as a whole, I agree as a with whole, that. I don't I agree think with so. that. They're lacking. I huge. agree with that comment. They need as something a whole, big. 
they're lacking as a gaming company just with making great games they're awesome making great games but i feel like there's isn't this, what like, defines you as this management issue or this cultural issue where like they're lacking so much in 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 other aspects of gaming the online connectivity and the online community and the porting games to other consoles and pcs like what like why aren't y'all doing that you make good games put them on all these other consoles you're gonna make way more money but it's almost like they keep that close knit so that they'll sell their and i was about to say something derogatory towards nintendo switch but in my personal opinion like if you're gonna lay out all these consoles am i gonna pick a switch or am i gonna pick a pc or a ps5 or xbox series you know Mm -hmm. x what the switch is the last one i pick (laughs) what throws me off so much about nintendo as a company now them having these legendary games and still making great games to this day um i don't think that's everything that makes them a great game company you know the ability to work with others is probably huge especially with the success of xbox and playstation the ability to work with developers outside to put the game on that console even to make it exclusive on their console they still work with those companies and nintendo you see they release a game and then they keep it to their console they're not willing to work with others but they're willing to make money by putting others games Mm -hmm. on their console I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's good as a gaming company. I don't think that's a good strategy. I no, marketing I agree. Strategy. I feel like I feel like their business model is very outdated. Sure, yeah, they're stuck on the huge competition, making everything you know exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. When I think you know, putting it out there a little bit, you, now you know, um, Mario isn't going to be. Mario Odyssey isn't going to be the same experience playing as it. It just feels so odd thinking yeah. about that. Imagine right. booting up Mario Odyssey on a PlayStation. On your PS5. That's so weird. But um, I don't think they'd work with other consoles before they started working with more PC. I think that'd make them the big money. If they started working with PC to make PC ports of games instead of... You know, because you could pick up a controller and hook it up to the PC to play those games... Instead of, you know, just pirating it or mm-hmm. um, doing an emulator, they can actually buy the game and money still goes to Nintendo. Um, and something to talk about how a bunch of companies are doing exclusive. There's a big discrepancy between companies who want to be fully exclusive. They want to have all the games to themselves and games and um, companies who just want mainly Microsoft and PlayStation or yeah. Sony. Microsoft, you see, they want... They want every game to be on every console, and you can yeah. see that each thing they do, they release it on everything. It's on every single console. Hey, and they make so much money for that. Just having their games everywhere, you know, they could easily put Call of Duty only to them. They could easily put Fallout only to them, but they don't because they know that's where the money is at, and that's 
again, where Nintendo lacks. Yeah, and it, it's Sony, you can see they can keep most of their games to themselves. And in the recent sure, yeah. uh, Microsoft trying to get their to buy Activision and Sony trying to combat it, hmm. a lot of stuff has come out about Sony where they've literally paid off companies to just skip over Microsoft and Nintendo just to go to Sony. Yeah. Just because they want it to themselves. Exclusives. Yeah. yeah. Greedy. Every company. Fight for greed. <laughs> Honestly, and like we were just talking about with Nintendo, I don't know if this is like a cultural difference, uh, uh, different kind of business concepts between the different countries, but you know, Microsoft to me is the most forward-thinking gaming company right now. Even though I'm, I don't have an Xbox. I am a um, Xbox Live Ultimate subscriber because you have the PC. Uh, but they feel like the most forward-thinking company. They're trying to do more um, cross-platform. They're releasing on PC. They're releasing on Xbox. They're, you can play their games on your phone. You can play them on your laptop. You can play them on your PC. I've you play them everywhere. that. You know it's crazy. I've definitely noticed that PlayStation's a no, lot. No, they more haven't of got it all ironed company. out and 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 perfect yet, but they're moving towards that because mm-hmm. that to me and I, I kind of think the same way they do. That's that's kind of the future of gaming. I don't know if it'll work out the way I think, the way they think, but it's like Sony's and Nintendo's I'd, idea I'd put, is like we need exclusives and we're just going to worry about us and we're going to release on our console and it's like just this different I don't know if it's cultural difference a business difference differences and ideas of, of, or what but it's I'd, funny to see that I put um, Sony and Nintendo on like completely different ballparks you know because when when you when you look at it, I think Nintendo's more of a more of a uptight and enclosed company than Sony. Now, I'm not saying Sony doesn't keep games themselves and and buy games for themselves, but uh, they they definitely do. I I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I I do support what Microsoft does where they make their games open to everybody including PC all of Xbox Game Pass is available for PC that's amazing um you love to see that the thing with PlayStation man is they're they want to play it too safe i just they're scared to put their their games out there and the other thing is their exclusives make it very hard for Xbox to get out of the gutter that they're in with console selling. Yeah. Because right now you have things like Game Pass, like you're talking about, and all their, all those things. But right now, most people aren't buying their consoles because it's just not the best option. Mm. You have PlayStation with almost all of the Xbox games on top of all of their top tier yeah. exclusives. I mean, like some of the best games that have ever been made are PlayStation exclusives. And they stay that way. That's the thing about the whole the whole marketing thing that we've been talking about for a minute. You know, you we like Microsoft making it open, but it's it's not really helping the company as a whole. You know, they might be making money off of PC players buying uh, Xbox Live, 
but as you said the console selling why buy xbox when you can get xbox live on your pc or you have access to xbox games on a playstation with the playstation exclusives yeah and it, it's kind of like it's almost like xbox is losing the console wars but they're winning the company wars in some way because they're definitely making a fair bit more money than Sony with just how many games they can sell across all platforms. Absolutely. Because they're selling Fallout games from Bethesda on Sony. They're definitely going to start selling Activision games. That's going to be a major that is, money that maker is for huge. them. And if they leave it on Sony, they're going to be making tons of mm. money. Because they're selling on Xbox, PC, and Sony. Which means they may have lost the console wars, but in terms of a company they're definitely going to be making the most money. I absolutely agree. I think um, PlayStation, sooner or later, in the next... Give it give it a while. Give it a while. And I think Sony's going to be the true king of consoles. But when you look at Microsoft as a whole company, Xbox is going to be lesser known as a console as we move on to the gaming future mm -hmm. and more known as a just platform a to play your favorite games on you know microsoft is going to be a service yeah. a gaming service that's this is how i feel about it microsoft is going to kind of transition into a gaming service like netflix right netflix for gaming imagine that and a and couple companies have tried that but i think microsoft like has the money now. yeah I think Microsoft has the money and the brain power to get there. Now, whether it'll work out in the long run or not, we don't know. But I feel like Sony's going to be more of that console, you know, keep releasing consoles where Microsoft, you can almost see it now where they're transitioning more and, to a service. Um, if Starfield is a major success then you could see it go in the completely opposite mm. direction especially if they decide to make call of duty exclusive to xbox which i highly doubt but if they do you could see sony completely falling off because of just how many people play activision games alone sony's scared the, about that they're in court right now yeah but and they could have worried they about had, that they could have definitely had um Call of Duty, but now they might lose it just because of how hard they're fighting for it. Yeah. Um, a big thing about Microsoft moving off of console and going more global with their games is if you leave PlayStation to the console um, to the console competition, who's competing against Sony? Nintendo? Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> what are, Google Stadia? <laughs> you think? No, there's there's no competition to put in console. So Microsoft has to find a way to to put their because even if Microsoft goes off of console with their games, Sony's still gonna be a competitor in the in the gaming in industry. So they have to find a way to kind of push people more towards their sales than Sony sales. They they both will. And I just I just got done saying that Microsoft is going to become a surface a service more of a gaming service. Sony's going to become the same thing also. I mean, that's just where you, you could have we we could have had this discussion with movies 20 years ago, right? Uh 
Blockbuster's going to be the thing. No, Netflix comes out. Netflix now dominates movies. Everything's digital. Everything's streaming. Right? There's, there's no, you don't need a VCR. You don't need a DVD player. You don't need a Blu-ray player. You don't need none of that. You just hit play on your app, on your TV, and it plays. That's what gaming is going to get to. And I think Microsoft is, sees that and recognizes that and is ahead of the game. I think they'll both ultimately go that route. I think Nintendo Micro- also. I think Microsoft has a step up. What we're probably going to end up having in the end is both companies are going to that this is what they're doing right now. They're kind of in like a cold war where it's yeah. both of them are are releasing and buying companies that to compete with each other, you know. I really thought Sony was going to buy uh from mm. software and I really wanted them to. I, I still think they they should. I think they should. I don't I think if they want to compete, I think they absolutely. I think it's likely they will. The thing that would suck about Sony buying something like from software, would you you might see a lot of Dark Souls games and new releases for them become PlayStation exclusives. Where if you start becoming Xbox company, they would definitely be on everything. Which yeah. it's it's great for the company, but it's not necessarily the best for gamers all around the world. That's the that's the point. I don't think Sony cares about gamers all around the world. They care about the sales they make on PlayStation. And if that means buying from software and making it exclusive and getting think, more from software sales, more some from software gamers buy their console, then... I disagree with that a little bit because I don't think that Sony doesn't care. I think Sony is very keen... Sony's competitive. I think Sony's very keen on business and how they are going to handle it and where microsoft has a lot of um makeup to do right a lot of catch-up to do right they've kind of always been behind in the console wars They've kind of always been behind in that aspect and it's like they've realized that and now they've kind of changed their direction and business to, to this n- new thing you see pushing Xbox Live on PC and Xbox and tablets yeah. and game and everything. And Whereas Sony is a little bit different. They're more close knit, like this is our stuff. This is, we're going to release it on our consoles. And, and, um, but Sony has gotten a lot better at starting to branch out, not as much as Microsoft, but they're starting to release their better games on PC and, and um, whenever you said that, <laughs> you looked at <laughs> Xbox. <funny>. Xbox <laughs> was, has always been behind in the console wars. Mm-hmm. What I thought about that was was back whenever the Xbox 360 and PS3 were out, Xbox was by far the biggest seller. But as you notice, at the end of their lifetimes, Sony released their first exclusive that game, their for The Last of Us. They released it, and that shot up. PlayStation sales and it completely flipped the tables from Xbox oh. being on top to PlayStation being on top and you could say that now that could happen again with um, PlayStation being on top right now and Xbox could be on top of PlayStation who knows when. Naughty Dog is such a like competition changer and Naughty Dog and the company who makes God of War, I can't think of it off the top of my head uh, but Naughty Dog and all their exclusive companies are 
really, really good companies, and that's why they're such big competitors, which I think there's going to be a period in gaming which it's going to suck, but I feel like we're going to go through it where the the companies are going to be fighting so much for this, you know, just hold over the other one having the better games and trying to get more console sales that you know if you want certain games you're gonna have to buy a certain console if you want both games you're gonna have to buy both consoles that i think there's gonna be a point in time where it's gonna be like that and once both consoles start to realize because after that happens my theory is that people are gonna slowly and surely move to pc because you know you got you got the two extremes of games and then you have pc which is just a huge mixture of everything and pc has been getting um some playstation exclusives which means maybe eventually pc becomes just the main route everything funnels into Mm -hmm. like you said yeah pc is really the future in the end because they just it's such so much more powerful. PC's and can always run. been the trendsetter in mm. gaming. It's just so much more powerful. Can run. Every better. game is designed on a PC, and built on a PC. So PC's always going to be the trendsetter. I agree with that, but to a certain degree, I feel like the more and more consoles become more powerful, the more and more we see a chance of consoles becoming exponentially more popular they already are exponentially more popular than PC but maybe they will become I don't think I don't know if they will become stronger than PC but I feel like PC is never going to outsell console mainly because now with the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S you see how they compete with PC Mm -hmm. in terms of basic graphics like on a mid-level if you bought a $500 gaming PC that $500 gaming PC is going to be decent. It's going to run some games like Modern Warfare 2. You might be able to get 40, 50 frames on it, but on PS5, about $500, $600 around the same price mark, you could get 60, 60 frames cap-locked. It's slots, of course. But you could get a way better experience with a the same price console than you would with the same price PC. Which I feel like mm-hmm. there's never going to be a day where you can buy a PC for that cheap because the pro- the raw components are always going to cost mm-hmm. more. And that's 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 the sweet spot for consoles, right? Is that cost? Is, they kind of hit that sweet spot where they give you a fantastic gaming experience, but if you want better, if you want a better gaming experience, there's one out there on PC for. Fifteen hundred dollars more if you're yeah. willing to spend two thousand dollars on a high-end and PC, or you can spend five hundred dollars on a PlayStation or Xbox and kind of play whatever you want easily at a, at a sweet spot, not at the best, but at a really good. And for um, ah, the thought. I'll, I'll um. give you a second to think about this, because I got to go back to that Xbox 360 comment you said about how PC or PlayStation took the lead because The Last of Us came out. Let's not forget that Xbox 360 had one of the biggest marketing disasters in history with the Red Ring of Death. Mm. Like, 
I know people that were on their fourth, fifth, sixth Xbox 360 failing. I mean, eventually you're just going to go to PlayStation. Like when you, you know, no matter how much of a, even, it, you know, thinking of it the other way, cause I'm, I'm definitely more, um, committed to Sony just because I have been for the longest time. So I own more games there, et cetera. I've invested more in their platform. If I had a PS five and I sent them back five times because it's failed on me, I'm buying a damn Xbox. And I'm just going to be forget about all the games and money I've invested in it. I'm going to Xbox. So I think that ultimately was the biggest downfall of Xbox was that mistake. Um, critical mistake. But also at the same time, a sidebar to that Xbox um, Live you had to pay for. PS3, uh, PS Plus was free at the time. And that's why I personally chose to go PlayStation between the two was because I didn't have to pay for online for PS Plus. And not with just the uttering of death, but you had the um, the Xbox Connect. What was it? Oh, people hated that. That it was everybody hated it. <laughs> whenever hated they hated that. Whenever they finally, I thought had, it was cool. I, I thought it was cool too, to be honest. But a lot of people hated it. And whenever they finally released the Xbox One and made the announcement. It, it was there, and it was there selling it with it. And it was just kind of like nobody cared about this thing. Nobody really wanted to talk about that thing. And it, PlayStation just in general had a better marketing campaign with the PS4 when it first came out. You start us on this one because, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about that question. Um, all right so we're gonna kind of switch gears because we've been talking about i'm gonna argue we kind of we kind of went from console ports to pc ports as one of our gripes and we started talking about xbox and playstation and nintendo and went on a whole nother tangent i'll start this one off one of my other gripes is the lack of multiplayer in new games and I'm going to say this and then I'm going to hand it off to y'all because Trey's looking at me like he's about to <laughs> go off on me. <laughs> but me as a multiplayer gamer, I cannot understand how in 2023, right? I've been gaming for a long time, most of my life, right? S- most of my favorite gaming memories are multiplayer games dating back to Nintendo, Atari, etc. And I don't understand how nowadays m- most games that come out that I see a trailer for, uh, and I'm going to call out one in particular, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> the Harry Potter game, I have no interest in Harry Potter, but when I seen that game, I was like... If I can play this game with my friends, this is going to be an amazing game. And what do you know? No multiplayer. And it's like I have that kind of letdown every trailer I see. More and more games are, don't have multiplayer. Don't have multiplayer. Name three. Huh? Name three. Besides Hogwarts, you already said that. Mm, honestly, I, I haven't been playing. I have. I can, but I haven't been playing a lot of games. <laughs> Cyberpunk, 
Hogwarts. Um, I haven't been playing a lot of games because there's no multiplayer experiences to play. I think there's an abundance in multiplayer There's not an abundance. I would disagree. I don't know Highly. about that. What do you think, Greg? <laughs> I think I'm in, I'm in the middle. I think <laughs> that... Uh, voice of reason. I, I think that some games, like Hogwarts Legacy, need multiplayer to stay alive. Because that game, people said it was good. Me, personally, I thought that game, it needed some work on it. And I think having a, like a multiplayer dual system would have helped that game out a lot. Especially with... Um, like future development and keeping the game where you can replay it over and over again. That game could have definitely benefited from that. And then you have real games quick, real like quick on that game. What's and I don't know a lot about Harry Potter lore and all that. Me but what's one of the biggest freaking things about Harry Potter is Quidditch. How this is the how worst is, disappointment. They started the game. You went to the hat. You went to the sorting area. How is that not and they, part of the, the first game? thing? The first thing in the first cutscene of the game. The, the, it was like the 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 first cutscene when you got to Hogwarts. The the principal was up there and he was like, "No Hogwarts this year." What? What? No, that's, that's that what he said in the cutscene. One. Why didn't they add that? That to me, that that's why I brought that game up and because that had the most freaking potential of any game I've seen recently for multiplayer, and it wasn't. I'm like, wow. Even if it wasn't this game could be one of the best multiplayer bring, games of all time. There's different. What do they call them? Factions, schools, um, houses. Houses. There's different houses you can join. Dude, the Quidditch. Different kinds of wizards. There's there's um, so much opportunity for multiplayer in that game. And going back to unfinished game, like unfinished games, the game isn't necessarily unfinished, but it has a severe lack of features that need to oh, be yeah. in a Harry mm. Potter game. Like honestly, there needs to be a multiplayer dueling system. That that mm. it's it's less than the Quidditch though. Mm-hmm. The Quidditch they made a the whole Quidditch entire Quidditch arena. You can fly on brooms. There should be a Quidditch in that game. If you can buy that game for seventy dollars, <laughs> and there's, there's not a, Quidditch in it, it it, it needs to be there's a shop, thirty dollars. There's a shop called Quidditch. I never Quidditch equipment. I there's a shop made so much for about Quidditch, Quidditch equipment until that game came out. There's a shop made for Quidditch. Even if it wasn't multiplayer, it right. felt lazy leaving that out. Just saying, exactly. oh, it's canceled this year. What? And the game leans super far into RPG aspects with armor and wands having yeah. each little number on it and each thing does something else. The game does not need to lean into that. They need to lean in on a story-focused game where, of course, you need to make your wizard, but your wizard it doesn't necessarily need to be an RPG. I feel like it would be better off being like, like for example... I don't know how many people have gone, but if you go to somewhere like Universal, you get one wand, and that wand is special. If you go somewhere there, and you get like the a wand, you should have one wand to start out with. You shouldn't be able to swap out your wands, do things True. like that. Like, I can get the robes. You should be able to have cosmetic robes. Mm-hmm. But RPG elements in that game feel very out of place for me. Absolutely. Shout out to Universal. That's one of the coolest places I've been is that hair. <laughs> like I said, I don't know hardly anything about Harry Potter lore. That's one of the coolest places. If you haven't been, you gotta go. And 
just now when I brought that up, I kind of didn't relate to it that much. But just whenever I thought of it, it was like, whenever you got that wand, it's a very special thing you have. It's not something that's just like, you know, throw it away, get a new one. It's you get that one wand, and you're kind of just like, hey, this wand is cool. I want to keep this. And they should have had that in the game where you get your one wand, and you it's special to you. It's not where you can swap out the handle and do all the things to it. It's like your wand, and that's it. That's your wand for the rest of the game. Did you read the books, or you, did you watch the movies? I have read one of the books for school, but for the most part, I've just watched a couple of the movies. So, and and I've I, only, I'm not super into it. But. It's okay. I've only watched one movie, but, you know, that's a popular culture thing, so I'll hear things here and there and pick up on some stuff. But are the – and the movie I watched was very – very like Harry you. Potter and his friends. The wand picks you. Ha- and his friends. I know oh, there's yeah, one yeah. called what? Her- they tried to. They tried Hermione to. Hermione and Hermione and who? Ron. Ron. They tried like, to recreate it's a that very, with an AI. It's a very f- like friend oriented story. Like why are we not playing this game with our friends? They tried I don't to understand that. It with AI help. I don't understand. They tried and that's, to. That's my problem with gaming right now. Well, I don't. Okay. I feel like there's not. <laughs> Look, I, Diablo. Di- I, I'm, uh, I'm Diablo heated about 4. Hogwarts. I know you're. Okay, you're but not I'm, heated about the multiplayer. I'm heated about Hogwarts. <laughs> I am and too. I, I really been, think it's a whole episode on. I think own. it needed multiplayer, but I don't think that applies to gaming as a whole because I'm I'm looking at the games right now. I see a lot of multiplayer. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, what. The most recent game I got was Wu Long. Um, so I'm not gonna get started on. It. Okay, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Wu Long a little bit. I mean, Wu Long that, had that multiplayer, and I give them great props for that. I, I didn't think it would, but when I saw it had multiplayer, I, I didn't was very even happy. know it had multiplayer because the 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 trailer that came out looked fantastic. But the trailer did not show anything about multiplayer. I didn't know multiplayer was in it till you downloaded it the other day. I don't. I'm gonna leave Wu Long for another episode for now <laughs> because I I got some stuff I want to say about that game. Um, and whenever I was talking about when I was about to move on from Hogwarts Legacy a while ago, there are some games that got multiplayer that kind of needed it, and it was a it. it they did it poorly, and the game I was thinking about that I, that I had in mind was Ghost of Tsushima, had a mm. perfect mm. opportunity to make your own sample. Terrible multiplayer. Good point. Hated to, Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. To make your own samurai do st- do things like that, but they turned it into like a weird wave-based mode. Devastated. When Ghost of Tsushima could have had one of the coolest multiplayer modes ever, what? and it, it should have been similar to GTA Online and Red Devastated. Dead Redemption 2 what Online. What an excellent single-player game. Devastated. That just did multiplayer so wrong. Oh You're 100% right. Like it, The single-player Ghost of Tsushima was, oh my gosh. Ghost of Tsushima was a beautiful experience. Multiplayer. Like, I want to experience that with my delete. friend. Play through the story with my friend. We're samurais. We're killing people. We're do. We're you know experiencing the story. No, here's a horde mode you can play through. Here's a horde mode and a trash. Don't didn't you have to pay for it too separately than the game? I don't think so. Was it free? Mm-hmm. Okay, props for that. But, but. N- this is the worst part. <laughs> 
to, for it me. It wasn't cool. For me. They, attack on. They tried to do a story with it, but they did it so awkward. They did it in levels. Why not put you in an open world with missions? Oh my goodness. I cannot. I could talk about Ghost Tsushima online so you, for a you long You're playing time. both sides of the fence. I think, um,. Is I don't Trey, think is Trey again. I don't both think. Sides of I don't fence? think I, again. I don't <laughs> think this applies to the games as a whole. I think this is a specific scenario. I think, like this I said, I'm, games I'm playing the middle ground. I'm talking about games that do kind of need <laughs> multiplayer. Games in a whole, man. These as games a whole. need multiplayer, but these are specific examples. Gaming sure, as we're a going whole. into specific examples, but I think as a whole, multiplayer is lacking heavily in the age of interconnectivity we're in where everybody's connected like every almost majority of games that come out single player single player single player single player. and we're talking about these specific examples that like man if they just had multiplayer if they just why don't they look at one of the I was most- playing multiplayer games on PS2 before y'all were born on internet now we are here. We are fifteen, twenty years later. Why aren't these? Why don't these games have multiplayer? I can play online with my friends. I'm, I'm not thinking of examples of that because <laughs> one of the most. Uh, I never thought this game would get a multiplayer, but um, it did, and I was really surprised when they announced this. The Last of Us Two, when they they're releasing a factions mode for that, that is huge, man. Like, I never would have thought they would have released that. And I just think that it shows that game developers are still putting out multiplayer games and in an abundant form. You say Last of Us 2? Last of Us 2, Factions. Last of Us 1? Factions. Last of Us 2, Factions. They announced that. They announced Last of Us 2, Factions. Yeah. And they're developing it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But they announced that three years ago. <laughs> okay, but it's a it's a single player game that has almost nothing to do with multiplayer but, but in the base on. game they that they're Last making of Us multiplayer. One factions. Nobody. They had, they had Last of Us One factions, right? Yeah. And it was awesome. It was good. <laughs> it was good. I had fun with, it with my friends. They can build on that and make something better out of it. And I think that's what they're gonna do with Last of Us factions too. I'm appreciative of that. Um, but there's a lot of games, man, lacking the multiplayer. When you say lacking the multiplayer, whenever I think of that, I think of those games like Hogwarts Legacy and Ghost of Tsushima who, who could benefit from it. But then you have games like God of War who where it's like that game, those types of games don't need multiplayer. And I, I know you're not exclusively talking about those games. But then, on the other hand, you have games like, um, just just something that came on my mind. It was a like Doom Eternal. That game could have an awesome horde mode, but it doesn't, and it's still one of the. Some people consider it one of the greatest games of all time. I think it's a great game, but um, it's just I think that a lot of games could benefit from it. But I feel like most single player games that don't have it don't necessarily need it. God of War tried to make a multiplayer game. They did. <laughs> they released the multiplayer game <laughs> before. Trey just found out about this. Mm-hmm. They uh, so on PlayStation Plus, we have the PlayStation Plus Extra. I think it is. 
and that gives you access to a bunch of old games that you can stream on your PlayStation 5 or just PlayStation 4 anything you have it on but um you can stream some old games some like PS3 games which was which is where we found this we were looking through the old games list and we came across a God of War game we never heard of booted it up and we found out that it was a multiplayer fighting game it was a multiplayer fighting game where you made your own oh gladiator mm-hmm. and you you fought in a like co-op and we were like or, blown away like wow yeah it had really good mechanics it had really good mechanics and everything but if we never heard about it i can assume that that game was a, a flop flop so maybe they're scared to do it again i don't know and the way they went with the god of war story i don't think it's it's hard to fit it in anymore with how they made it now let let me try to describe my frustration with lack of multiplayer right and 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 this just hit my brain this instance starfield have y'all seen Starfield trailers? A little bit, you know, a little bit about Starfield. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of stuff, but I haven't, I haven't watched a trailer for a couple months now. Whether I, it's, I haven't, I only watched the very first trailer they came out with. It was kind of like a teaser, and I haven't looked at much it's else. Starfield or Fallout or Elden Ring or Cyberpunk or Skyrim, all of these Wait. excellent excellent single player games what do you what is the biggest lacking factor of all these games you want to play with your friend right no if i could just experience <laughs> this maybe not a lot and, of people and think listen, that <laughs> okay and that's fine that is 100 percent fine maybe it's just me personally and that's okay to differ of opinion but for me personally like Fallout, yay! It's a great game. I want to play it. I play it. It's boring to me because I can't enjoy it with my friend. Starfield, when it comes out, it's going to be a great game, I believe, and I'm going to be into it for a couple days, and I'm going to be like, "Dang, I can't play this with my friend. I've lost interest." Etc. 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 Every game I ever play. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's not y'all, and we can disagree on that. That's fine. But I don't understand why in today's technology and day and age of, of internet and can connect with anybody in the world, why can't I have these kind of experiences with my friends? I mean, if I want to play single player, great. Give me, I can play it single player. And you just brought up the, what was the game you just got? Wukong. Wulong. 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 You can play that by yourself or with friends. and enjoy it, and it's nice. And it, you fight cool bosses, or, or nice? you can invite your friend and have the same it's, it's experience nice. and have a greater time because you're playing with your friend. I don't know. If that's Why, the case. I'm and Gray's in the middle. Gray's about to. Gray's about to drop a bomb. See, like, Gray's about the, to drop a bomb. The thing you. with Wolong, or the thing with me is. What's so different about 
us as gamers, you can't play a single player game. I can sit in a party playing Wo Long single player for hours with a full party of my friends begging me to get on GTA. I sure that's I can do that and I won't have an issue with it. And honestly, with how I've been playing Wo Long and I've I've um I've summoned people, I've tried online and I just I honestly don't like it. I prefer single player. It's a hundred percent okay. I have friends. You know what I'm talking about. Happy Michael. birthday. Happy birthday, Camacho. That's can we take a quick second? Can to we can we appreciate give a shout Macho? Out to Michael, Eugene, Camacho. Appreciate Macho. We appreciate you, bro. Much love, man. Love Happy Macho. birthday. <laughs> My buddy Macho. Nacho. If it's single, play, if it's single player, that's him. <laughs> he don't want to play with nobody. You got what long? Hit me up, man. I'll <laughs> play what long with you. But no, I got friend. I got a a friend. Some friends that are are similar. To that Ghost is another one. Mm-hmm. They enjoy those single player experiences and aren't really worried about if it's got multiplayer. Can I play with my friend? I'm 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 the opposite of that. So. That's just where I'm at, and I appreciate where you're at. When I view it, I see it as there's not really a lack of multiplayer, but there is there is a a a lack of how they a want for multiplayer because you have games like Skyrim, which are great on their own and have been known for just how much people love them. I think games like Skyrim benefit the most from multiplayer games like fallout and skyrim they're fun but once you play them too much alone there's not much else to do but friends will repeatedly over and over and over bring replayability to games that are almost decades old but at the same time if you add multiplayer to a game like skyrim it takes away that original feeling you get of it so it's it's hard to say if it needs it or doesn't but looking from a business standpoint, adding Good multiplayer point. is definitely the way to go. And honestly, a lot of people want multiplayer in their games because they just want to play with their friends. They don't view gaming yeah. as something they want to experience a story from. They, If they want to do that, they're going to go watch, sit down and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. They want to go get on and have fun, and they can't do that while sitting alone when they're, they know their friends are on. Yeah. Give me a doubt. Uh... Give me hold on. I want to talk hold about on, something on Skyrim. He just gave my doubt. Yeah, because I want to say something. That was an excellent point. Because what he just said made me realize that it's more about the option of multiplayer, right? A lot of people want to experience things by themselves, playing that story, being that character themselves. And then there's also the people like me. They want the option of playing that game with a friend and having that story to tell with a friend and experiencing those the the story with a friend. And, and so it's more about the the lacking of an option of multiplayer that I dislike more than anything. Adding on to that, most games the players like to have options and just in just in general and gameplay and how they play the game and how they approach the game and what they do at the game most people would rather have options to do it how they want and when they want just 
in different ways. And most games will sell exponentially more if they can have different ways to play the game and enjoy the game. So I think really, like you said, the option to just do something different is one of the better points in a game. Like that, that, that'll make the game sell more and that'll make the people like the game lots more. Um, I want to bring up what you said about Skyrim with the whole multiplayer thing. I think Skyrim would be a great multiplayer game, but um, what Bethesda tried to do with that is they made Elder Scrolls. And That's a great that, point. That game's multiplayer and basically Skyrim multiplayer, but they didn't do it right just like Ghost of Tsushima didn't That's do right. it right. And right. if Hogwarts ever releases multiplayer, I doubt they'll do it right. But um, what I'm saying, what I'm getting to the point is, I don't think that there's a lack of multiplayer, what we have today. I think it's a lack of companies doing it right. I, I think there's a large amount of multiplayer games. I don't think that companies, or at least companies who make their single-player games and they kind of force it into multiplayer, they're not doing it how the the gamers who wanted to play envisioned, you know? With, with games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the whole point of doing multiplayer was you so you could experience the story with a friend. With a friend, you don't get that because they give you a whole new story and then a horde mode on top of that they're not playing just to play with a friend they're playing for just to be there with them you know i i think it's less of lack of multiplayer and more of multiplayer not done right i i think you summed that up perfectly you know we start we started out we kind of got into this and we were on different opinions I think you summed that up perfectly. That and and I agree with both of y'all that it's just not done right. Or they lack the option of multiplayer. It's it's not having an option and like you said it's just done the wrong that do for that do type it, of game. They don't do it you know with enough options and and features as they should i agree with that 100 percent. i think we're all and we're all in agreement on that yeah yeah (laughs) and a lot of the time when um when games are forced to have a multiplayer mode most of the time the company is just trying to get money which is why a lot of the time the game ends up being the multiplayer ends up being lackluster all right i think we can move on from that now that we've kind of all circled back around <laughs> what kind of brought me back that it is in the lack of of multiplayer games it's just not done right and I, I agree with that any other gripes alright no more gripes um, so thanks for sitting around listening to us complain about our gripes with gaming um big shout out to gray for joining us for this episode we hope to have you back um and thanks for listening raise on retro episode six don't forget 
uh, Spotify. We got the uh, Raised on Retro playlist. All your favorite um, gaming songs, themes, etc. Send us some recommendations to our email. Raised on Retro podcast at gmail.com. Send us some show ideas, uh, your critiques, whatever. Hit us up on the email. And we're on TikTok. Raised on Retro on TikTok. Search for us. Find us. Thank you again so much. We appreciate everybody who listens. Um, See y'all next episode.